Hi, a very good day to you and welcome back to Agape's podcast on the book of Psalms. Now today we'll be reading and reflecting on Psalm 119 and this will be the segment on verses 57 to 64. So that's Psalm 119 verses 57 to 64. Let us read together. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favour with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the courts of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God indeed. Let us pray. Lord, your word is meant to refresh our soul and teach us to be righteous. So keep us close now, even as we meditate upon such a living water that comes from the wellspring of life eternal. Give us strength and grace even as we seek to obey your will through the meditations of our heart. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In this section of Psalm 119, we can see that um, the psalmist declared that God is his portion. Now, what did the psalmist mean by that? This means that the psalmist regarded God very highly. He was saying that God is his inheritance. God is his source of security. God is his source of hope. And because God is so important to the psalmist, the psalmist promised to keep the word of God. He promised to keep the very promise of God as written in the word. The psalmist regarded that you know, his relationship with God is um, synonymous to his regard for God's word. If he said that God is so important to his life, so are his words. So similarly, when a believer said that God is important to him, he should show that this is how he truly feels by having good reverence for his word. And very much like, for example, King Josiah, as we have read about him in the Bible, right? When he discovered the book of the law in 2 Kings 22, he read it to all the officials of the court and have them to pledge a covenant to keep the word of God. Indeed, the word of God is so precious to the psalmist that he believed with all his heart that God will be gracious to him and show him favour. In addition, the psalmist reminded himself to turn to the word of God whenever he thinks of his ways. Whenever he goes about his daily life, he reminded himself to always turn to the word of God. This is because he hoped to obey the commandments of God in his daily life. And even when he meet with people you know, who try to cause him harm, he will not forsake the word but cling on to them instead. 
the word of God was bound to him so much so that it became a part of him. He will even rise up in the middle of the night just to praise God because he remembered his righteous rules, because he remembered God's favor upon him. Now, unlike the psalmist, I have not really woke up in the middle of the night often enough to praise the Lord. Though I remember God waking me up at 3 a.m. one Sunday morning just to amend a portion of my sermon. And through that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful because I learned about His steadfast love for His people, for His sheep who were about to hear His word. And as we read on further in this psalm, we also learn that the psalmist claimed that he, you know, he stood with all who fear the Lord. He said that he was a companion to them as much as they were companions to him. So I believe the psalmist realized that in trying to obey the word of God, um, he need spiritual friendships like any one of us. So the lesson is that we need to do it together if we want to really obey the word of God. We need to do it together instead of being on our own. We need the accountability. We need the encouragement. And we need even the occasional rebuke when we get sloppy. And this is one very rare occasion. Um, if you have been following Psalm 119, right, the devotions, where the psalmist actually speaks of others like him. Yes, we need others to be with us in our walk with God, my friends. Even at the psalmist, um, is devout, right? He declared his need for companions. Companions who seek to grow in the Lord. And as I recount my own spiritual journey, I realize that God has placed many mentors, many spiritual friends in my life and without whom I would have been lost and struggle a lot more in the faith. And I realized that they are placed there with, you know, by the Lord to pray with me, to life experiences, they are placed there to encourage me when I'm in doubt. They're placed there to point me to some of my blind spots in life and ministry. They're placed there to bless me when God decided to send people to remind that He is always faithful. They're placed to just be there at times, even in silence when a tragedy struck. They're placed there to celebrate when my children are born into this world. Some are placed for me to minister and to mentor, and in turn, I have been blessed as well. These are the companions called to turn up because God is steadfast in His love. And because of their God-fearing ways, right? I can find comfort, I can find strength in them. Now, I believe that for yourself, uh, who is now listening, God has also placed spiritual companions in your midst. And we need to learn how to recognize who these people are. And the psalmist has given us a hint about that. These are usually the God-fearing people, right? Usually they are the ones who are also interested, not just in your emotional or physical being or family life, but they're also interested how you're actually doing as a child of God, right? And you have these persons in your life right now. Cherish them, really. Be thankful 
that you have them. Be thankful that God has placed them in your midst. And may I encourage you to think of how you can be a blessing to them as well. Be a spiritual companion to them too. Or perhaps as you listen to God's word today, you realize that there are people whom you have missed in your life as spiritual companions. You did not realize that they were there for you, actually. So perhaps now is a time to reconnect with them. Or perhaps you want to find spiritual companions to grow together in the faith. If so, my advice is that you can always start with your existing circle of friends, existing circle of family members. Or you can join a discipleship group in Agape Methodist Church and start to do life together. And indeed, as you do so, I pray that someday you can exclaim like the psalmist, you know, in verses 63 to 64, where he said that I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. And you can just declare so confidently, teach me your statutes. Let us pray. Lord, we are so grateful to you and indeed you have not called us to learn more about who you are alone. But instead, you have placed spiritual companions in our midst, in our paths, and sometimes we do not recognize who these people are. But Lord, we pray that today you open up our hearts, you open up our eyes to know who are these and allow us ourselves to grow in maturity as well so that we can also be a spiritual companion to others. And this is what you really mean when you um, told the disciples and sent them forth to really make disciples of all nations. This is what discipleship is all about, really being a spiritual companion to one another. So Lord, we thank you for this and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.